to the South of the Six podcast, bringing you the latest on your favorite Toronto sports teams from south of the Canadian border. Here's your host, Adam Corsair. All right, what's going on? Welcome to a special bonus edition of the South of the Six podcast. We are part of the Stadium Scene.tv network and part of the Overtime Media crew. Blue Jays spring training is well underway, and we're going to cover it here today. I have a couple of special guests joining me later on the show, but first, I'm going to take a solo for a little bit to catch you guys up on all things Toronto Blue Jays. It's been crazy, right? It's for, for a year that hasn't had much hopes involved, that doesn't involve a lot of winning projections, I guess you could say, for a deep playoff run, much less a World Series. Um, there's, there's still a lot to talk about. Right, there's still some uh, roster moves that were quite puzzling to Blue Jays fans that, I don't know, left me and a lot of others with their head scratching. Um, although they might be looked at as great depth pieces, great uh, trade bait, trade chips later on in the summer. But for now, it's kind of like, what the hell is going on? So let's just get into all of it. First of all, last time we talked... Uh, we were talking about Vladimir Guerrero's service time. We were talking about Marcus Stroman's comments. So since then, some other things have um, come to play. Specifically, I want to talk about Devin Travis. Um, Devin Travis, I think we can finally say that he's he's injury prone. It sucks that it had to come to this. It sucks that he's been bitten with this bug, but... Here we go again. Knee issues with Devin Travis. He was a special player coming into the Blue Jays from a trade for Anthony Ghost from the Detroit Tigers uh, back in 2015 and was pretty much a, a decent part of their their winning ways back at that time. And I remember in 2016, uh, people were anxious for him to come back for the playoffs because they looked at him as a pivotal and valuable part of the Blue Jays' playoff hopes, and it's unfortunate that it took until last season, 2018, where he finally had a healthy year, and it wasn't even that great of a year. Um, but I think since joining the Blue Jays as a rookie in 2015, um, it, it, more often than not, you can bank on Devin Travis being hurt and uh, Devin Travis being bit by the injury bug. Um, As I mentioned, last year was his first healthy season. Um, He he played 103 games last year. Didn't have a great year, but at the same time, it wasn't terrible. But from a guy that we were expecting to be a mainstay at second base, you sort of expected a lot better. Um, his batting average was 232, his OPP was 275, and his slugging was 381 with an OPS of 656, an OPS plus of 80. Not good, not good. And when you have guys like Loris Gurriel knocking on the door, when Freddie Galvis comes in here to take over shortstop, at least for the time being, and Loris Gurriel is you know a highly touted prospect for this team, um, it spells bad news for Devin Travis moving forward. Um, so I don't know what the future is going to hold for him. I don't know uh, whether these knee injuries or knee issues rather are going to linger throughout the entirety of spring training, but 
it's something to keep in mind. Um, you certainly hope that he's going to get it right. You certainly hope that he's going to be just fine and he's going to get his reps and he's going to play um, more than 103 games. I would hope if you would have asked me heading into the season if he would have played more than 103 games, uh, I would keep my fingers crossed. But so far, that's a career high for him in his short career. Uh, in 2015, he played 62 games. As I mentioned, he was injured uh, for much of that season. 2016, 101 injured. 2017, 50 injured. 2018, 103. So hopefully this isn't a longstanding issue for him. I remember actually back in 2013, or sorry, 2017, this was a an issue heading into spring training. I remember a lot of people had their doubts as to whether or not Devin Travis was going to be able to start the season. And if you really want to dig back into the archives of the South of the Six podcast and listen to my solo pods, I guess it's weird that it's coming back full circle. But if you you know reach back into the archives into 2017, I want to say around January, February, around this time, maybe March, um, there were reports that he was hurt and might not be ready for regular season, but if I remember correctly, he was, um, even though, again, he only played 50 games. So, look, I, I wish him nothing but the best. I hope that he pulls through because I don't know if anybody caught the the media scrum that he had, but he just looked so down and out. He, he looked as though his whole entire world was taken away from him, and that's not what you want to see. Um, he, he's a stand-up guy, right? I, I've never heard of any sort of clubhouse issues with Devin Travis. I've never heard a bad thing about him. And the, these, this is one of the injuries that you sort of, you don't want to see. You don't want to see a guy like this get hurt. You want to see him get as many opportunities as he can, as many reps as he can throughout the regular season. Because I, I mean, look, I, I think... I can speak for all Blue Jays fans that we see the potential in Devin Travis. We see what kind of player he can be. I think if I'm if I remember correctly, his first at bat. You know what? Maybe it wasn't his first at bat. I, it was definitely the first game that the Blue Jays played in 2015 season. It was against the Yankees on the road, and it was his first career home run. And I remember watching that, and I remember saying to myself, "This kid's going to be special." So, having said that. This is the type of player that you would just want to root for. I think in, there's some intrinsic uh, nature to that when you see a guy like Devin Travis. You just want to get behind him and rally behind him. Um, it's unfortunate that he has to continue going through these uh, sort of woes, especially with knees, man. Knee injuries, they are not fun, and they are not something that you want to see a professional athlete go through because they can linger on like crazy. So... Let's uh, let's just hope for the best when it comes to Devin Travis because uh, I don't consider this to be the end for him by any means. I, I do think he's going to overcome this, but whether or not he's going to have a place uh, moving forward for the Blue Jays, especially with the crop of talent popping up, let's not forget Bo Bichette is knocking on the door, and he may be someone that pops up probably in 2020, but when you have a crowded infield of Lourdes Gurriel Jr., uh, Boba Shett and right now Freddie Galvis, who still he's on a one year deal deal, but he has an option for next year. So that's three infield spots, primarily shortstops, that are going to be looking for positions and at least two uh 
primary search stops that are going to be looking for in infield positions. Again, whether or not they keep Freddie Galvis on that option, uh, it's to be seen. But we can bank on two. We can bank on Gurriel and Bichette uh, being part of this team moving forward. And if that means perhaps Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is going to shift to second base on a more permanent basis and have Bo Bichette be the shortstop of the future... And if I was a betting man, which I'm not, but if I was, that would be my guess as to what's going to happen. Um, but here we go. So Devin Travis, I really hope this isn't the end for him as a professional player. But given the the depth and the logjam in the infield position for the Blue Jays, uh, that writing may be on the wall that his time as a Blue Jay, uh, is the days are at least numbered at this point. So hopefully it works out for him, man. Hopefully he's able to uh, regain health and maybe find uh, a better place for him to prosper and to persevere. I certainly hope so. And I think I speak for all Blue Jays fans out there that uh, I think they agree. Um, But let's move on. Let's move on to uh, the aforementioned Freddie Galvis. So check it out. Freddie Galvis um, for the past two years, since 2016, has played uh, 162 consecutive games uh, each year. So 2017, he played 162 games with the Phillies. And last year, 2018, he played 162 games with the San Diego Padres. Um, And uh, let's not sell him short at all. Uh, The year before that, in 2016, he played 158 games with the Phillies. So he was only four games shy of playing another full season. But look... Two years in a row playing 162 games. That is crazy. That is absolutely crazy. 324 consecutive games. Ridiculous. Um, But in a completely selfless move, he's prioritizing the team ahead of any personal achievement, any personal accomplishment when it comes to playing consecutive games. Um, We all know that Cal Ripken is the king of that. And, you know, chasing that record... It's going to be pretty tough. Um, you know, at 2,632 consecutive games is something that I don't think we're ever going to see again. I think Cal Ripken will probably hold on to that you know, probably forever, um, especially now that you know um, sports science is so advanced. Uh, taking games off here and there is proven to be beneficial for players. Um, you know, to prep for the playoffs and to make sure their body is right. So we're probably never going to see that again. So my point is that Freddie Galvis had opportunities to play elsewhere, probably on a more uh, promising contract of being an everyday shortstop on another team. But I think he really appreciated the honesty that manager Charlie Montoyo extended to him. Um, when deciding what teams he wanted to join, he picked the Blue Jays because Montoya was just absolutely straightforward with them. He mentioned to him that, look, if you're looking to extend that streak of consecutive games, I can tell you right now uh, it's not going to be done in a Blue Jays uniform. Um, Montoya went on to express how much he appreciated and admired the efforts that Freddie Galvis um portrayed on the field in terms of the consecutive game streak but you know being upfront with the player I think is very important and the transparency is something that I would like to see a little bit more of from the Blue Jays so seeing the manager being transparent to one of his players and having that be um, sort of reiterated to the media 
for me, it's a it's a big deal. For me, that speaks volumes. When you remember that Troy Tulowitzki was going to be the quote-unquote air quotes here, starting shortstop for this team heading into the season uh, ahead of Lourdes, this is certainly an upgrade over that. Um, Freddie Galvis, you know, knowing what we knew about Tulowitzki and his efforts uh, for the past couple of years with the Jays, the drop-off isn't that severe here, especially on the offensive end, because we couldn't bank on Tulowitzki playing more than, I don't know, maybe, I was going to say 100 games, but we could probably uh, make it fewer, probably more than, uh, what, 80? 80 games, maybe tops, we could have banked on Tulowitzki playing. Um, so Freddie Galvis being healthy, being reliable, being uh, robust when it comes to health and you know conditioning. The dude straight up said that he loves to sleep, and I don't know if that has anything to do with his longevity here or his ability to stay on the field. But if it means you know living a healthy lifestyle is uh, executed by sleeping more, then I'm on the right track. But um, look, Freddie Galvis right now is it's an upgrade over to Lewitsky. And I know a lot of people don't like to see him having reps or starting reps ahead of Lourdes Gurriel, but I think the Blue Jays don't want to rush that. I think they want to give Lourdes Gurriel as much time as possible to sort of solidify and stabilize himself in the major league system. Um, as mentioned before regarding Devin Travis, you're probably going to see Lourdes Gurriel get a lot of reps now at second base. So it's sort of a moot point at this point. But the selfless nature of Freddie Galvis and joining the team despite knowing that he might not be playing consecutive games, to me, that's huge. To me, that's a team-first environment. That's a team-first attitude that tells me a lot about his character and his uh, will to, I don't, I don't want to say influence other players maybe, but I think I would rather put it as, you know, sort of be that, be that guy that, sacrifices his own personal goals, his own personal achievements for the sake of the team. I think that's rare. I think we don't hear enough about that. And I think having a guy like that on the team, like I said, if you didn't like him before for not wearing Jose Bautista's number 19, you got to love him now for being the uh, the guy that puts team first. And he's he's putting it into action right now. So look, as mentioned, he could have joined a lot of other teams. He could have been on a, a plethora of major league baseball clubs uh, that are in need of a shortstop. Shortstop's a rare position to to excel in. And um, like I mentioned, on the defensive end of the ball, he's very, very good. So if, if he joined the Blue Jays with this in mind, that speaks a lot to his character. And I think the Blue Jays are lucky to have him. And I think... You know, at least on the defensive end, you're going to see a lot of special things from him. Maybe not to the level of a, of a John McDonald. I'm sort of aging myself here as a Blue Jays fan, but maybe not to the level of a John McDonald, the prime minister of defense. Um, but I, I do think you're going to see something special. So, all right. Um, before we take a break, I just want to let you guys know that joining the show after the break, I'm very excited about this, is uh, the out-of-the-park crew, the out of the park crew um barry davis and matt mcfarland matt the producer will be on this show after the break and we're going to talk all things blue jays we're going to talk about the two signings the bud norris and the clay buckhole signing uh we're going to get into how we feel about the 2019 season as of today 
and it's going to be a fun little chat. So hang on. We'll be right back after this break. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, welcome back to the South of the Six podcast. Joining me right now to talk all things Blue Jays, very special guests. I have with me the Out of the Park crew, Mr. Barry Davis and Matt McFarlane. Guys, thank you for doing this and what's going on. Our pleasure, my man. I, I love how he calls me Barry. Barry Davis. <laughs> it's very, yeah. yeah. Now, your listeners out there, obviously, if they're... Uh from massachusetts they're they, they're saying what's the deal with the accents on these canadian guys yeah <laughs> that's right yeah yeah because because we're all a boot yeah <laughs> the accents eh? a, it's, a boot it's yes. the a boot and the sorry right yes what yes well, sorry. sorry yeah instead of sorry americans say sorry sorry well, americans, say yeah. sorry. americans say i'm about to go out on a tour go tour <laughs> a tour tour a tour, tour. A, a tour yes Jeez. hang on a second i'm just taking a sip of my maple syrup one second <laughs> <laughs> and our good beer our really really good beer. yes i'm good we're you gonna take a canadian, canadian bacon canadian break club? soon too Sorry, what? The Canadian club on the reg? Oh, we do? Yeah, sure, man. Yeah. But you know what? We're we are much more refined than that. We're into Crown Royal. Oh, yes, We're into, yeah. We, with, everything with, has bacon. Mixed with Canada Dry. Of course. Right. Ginger yeah. ale, yes. Yes, yes. Wait, sorry, Adam. Sorry. We sort of derailed that. This feels sorry. like out of the park. See, ever. sorry. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Your listeners like, I'm bailing out. I can't. Hang on. Isn't this what you wanted to talk to us about, Adam? Yeah. Of course. Grammar? Accents and, uh, and uh, apologies, of course. Yes. Yeah, right. Sorry. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Um, but now let's, let's, let's head into some Blue Jays talk. Look, spring training is upon us and kind of expectedly the Blue Jays didn't make any big splash sexy moves, but there are still a lot of talking points going into the season. So in a general sense, you can bring up anything you guys want to. What are your uh, thoughts and uh, expectations heading into the 2019 season? I think the expectations for me is that Blue Jay fans are going to get to see a lot of the future. I hope they get to see a lot of the future. I mean, Matt and I have been talking for weeks about the whole Vladimir Guerrero thing, and we've gone back and forth on it. But I think because of the rules of baseball, which really suck, the Jays would be stupid to have Vladimir Guerrero start the season and lose a full year of control. So they lose him for three weeks at the beginning, and they end up getting him for an extra year of control. So I'm fine with that. But what concerned me and Matt, I think you can concur, is a lot of the additions that they're making uh, of veteran pitchers, if it ends up meaning that someone uh, like Orion Barucki loses his spot in the rotation, uh, that's going to be, to me, counterproductive for what they're trying to do, right, Matt? Well, just slightly to touch on what you talked about off the top, Adam, about how the Jays didn't make any splashy moves. I would actually say that they did make a splashing move. They brought the, or they're going to bring the number one prospect in all of baseball up. That's true. Say three, say three weeks into the season. That's about as big a splash as you're going to get without having to subtract off your roster, as well as it's a big splash considering it's only going to cost them league minimum. Hmm. So this is a, this is a hell of an ad. This is adding a Panzer tank in the middle of your freaking lineup. It's just going to blow balls out of the stadium. Uh, and Barry's talking about how, how we were talking about this Clay Buckles ad to me feels like it could be putting Ryan Barucki's spot in the rotation in jeopardy. And that pisses me off because 
I don't want to see Clay Buckles pitch. I've seen that happen. <laughs> I want to see I want to see Ryan Baraki pitch. And if the Jays are going to suck, if they're going to be terrible, why not have the kids out there doing their thing? I would much rather see Ryan Baraki again. He had a league minimum and see him. You know, working through his reps, getting some major league reps. I don't want to see him out of the bullpen. I've seen what Clay Buckles can do when he was wearing a damn Red Sox jersey, looking all greasy and disgusting. And I've already seen that happen. I don't want to see that in Canada. I want to see some Ryan Baraki, man. Isn't it indicative of how the Blue Jays are operating the system that they're, I don't want to say they're purging their young players, but they're certainly not super quick on the trigger to bring them up, right? So this the signing of Clay Buckles certainly lends credence to the fact that I don't want to say they're not confident in Barucki, but they definitely want to give him an opportunity to refine his skills in Buffalo, whether right or wrong. I personally think that he deserves a spot on the rotation, and I think you're right. Even though Clay Buckles had sort of a reclamation year last year, it's not something that I would like to have instead of Ryan Barucki, instead of him getting those reps on the major league field. So, you know, having said that, I found the move a little bit surprising given the history between the Blue Jays uh, and Clay Buckles while he was a Red Sox. You mentioned you know, him being greasy. Um, I want to say it was 2013 that uh, Dirk Hayhurst sort of alleged. Oh, yeah, that he, he was, was cheating. Yeah, he was yeah, cheating. Of course so, like, he was. Isn't this a little weird that it comes back yeah. full circle? Back well, to the think Blue about Jays. this, though, Adam. I mean, this is a different regime. And anything that happened in the past with the Alex Anthopoulos regime is gone. And you think about who's left. Who is left from the players that were in the majors when Alex Anthopoulos was the GM. And I'm thinking Kevin Pillar. That's it. That, smoke. And that, uh, smoke. Stroman was up. Oh, yeah. Stroman yeah. and Sanchez. You forget those guys. Yeah, but Both those guys look great in early spring. Wow. But, but other than that, yeah, it, it's a completely different look right now. And I, I think that what the management has done with these extra pitchers is two, twofold. Number one, I don't think they are convinced yet that both Stroman and Sanchez are going to stay healthy during spring. And if one of the or two on the team, or, well, yeah, that's number two. But if, if one of them should get injured during spring training, they've got someone to, to step in. Uh, failing that, yes, as Matt said, I think the Jays are constantly looking for a trade partner for Marcus Stroman. And if they can find that, then Stroman is gone, and then they add in, uh, you know, Clay Buckles into the rotation. I, I like. I have no issue with Clay Buckles being in the rotation. I just don't want it to be at the expense of Ryan Barucki. But the the one that's more of a head scratcher for me is the acquisition of Bud Norris. And yeah. Bud Bud spoke with the media finally on uh, f- uh, Thursday. It was mm-hmm. and offered up some semblance of an apology, sort of maybe kind of. But really, it just sounded more like someone who really, to me, Bud Norris's apology was the same as somebody saying, my prayers and thoughts are with you. <laughs> right? That's that's the same type of thing. It's true. I mean, like, look, this is how I translated the apology. I was really mad, so I said some racist things. Like, yes, does that yeah. excuse you, you saying you racist things? You guys made me do it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but you know what's funny, Adam, because I was talking to about, I was talking with Barry about this on air. Um on some radio show, because it seems that that's all we do now. But I was saying to Barry that is this, is the Bud Norris situation a reason to maybe as a fan or as media not expect a player to be coming out and chatting 
after every single game. Should there be some leniency given if that player's gone out and just taken a dumpster full of garbage and lit that sucker up? Mm-hmm. Maybe this is not the best time to be chatting with that player. Because I know for me, watching a game as a fan, if I see a pitcher just absolutely go out there and drag a mattress with him in order to poop all over it, okay, crap that bed. If I see a pitcher do that, the first thing that I want to see is I want to see that pitcher talk to the media afterwards. Maybe this is not a good thing. But you know what? I disagree with you because I spent many years going into the Blue Jays clubhouse after Pat Hankin had a horrific start. And Pat Hankin would be very gracious with his time. R.A. Dickey, and he had plenty of bad starts. Well, yeah. He's just oh, yeah. To me, to me, listen, if Bud Norris is going to say that when somebody's bothering no, him, it's, he's going to be saying that. It's, it's part of the operating system. Right? I get it. It's in there. But my point is that maybe, you know, if he, if there is any truth to the fact that he was, you know, kind of raw and he was hurting after the start, maybe he just shouldn't have said anything. Maybe he should have said to somebody from the team, listen, I'm not in the headspace to be talking right now. I might say some dumb crap. Uh, get somebody else. Right, Adam? I, I think so, but at the same time, I'm not sure that if you have this preconceived notion that you might say some dumb stuff, you're still thinking that dumb stuff. And Agreed. I don't know that I want that kind of player thinking that dumb stuff on a roster that has like players on this team that are of Latin American heritage that are very, very good, right? And I just don't want that meshing with the locker room chemistry because it's, it seems odd to me that Ross Atkins comes out and preaches about locker room chemistry, preaches about the intangibles and how important it is to have these this culture reset of some sort. But then he signs a guy like Bud Norris, albeit a minor league deal. But, but I, still, it, why do you puzzling. even want to have... Yeah, why even bring him in to the mix? I mean, there are other free agent pitchers that are available. If you want a veteran pitcher out of your bullpen there are other guys that you can get and again i mean what's what's the end goal for the blue jays this season is it to try to get to the playoffs and win and make it you know and make it to the world series or is it to develop the young talent and if it is b this is a year to develop young talent this makes no sense to me at all but don't you think that ross atkins would have gone to charlie montoyo and said hey listen we have the opportunity to sign bud norris I'm sure that you're probably aware of Bud Norris's past. Here's the quote. Mm-hmm. What do you think about us potentially bringing this guy on board? And I'm I'm guessing that Charlie Montoya probably read the quote and said, okay, if this guy gives us a better chance at winning something. Yeah, because a manager is never going to say, hey, I'm in for the whole let's rebuild thing. A manager no, he wants and, to win. Sure, right. and so sure. do the players, right? You, the whole rebuild thing, that it's never it's not like in the NHL where teams literally will tank. Teams are literally tanked to get that first round pick, and they've put in the lottery. Except in if you're the Houston Astros. No, but <laughs> like they. But, but they that did. Was when you have a twenty-two million dollar payroll, that's called tanking. Yes. That is. Yes, that is, but again, but to me, but see, there's to me, there's tanking. Whereas, when you have your team, you are resting your stars, or the players aren't even giving it all. And we've seen that in the NBA before they had the draft lottery. Literally, teams, players would go out there and not give it everything. The Houston Astros were resting a lot of their stars in 2013. A whole bunch of them. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because it didn't exist, right? You're a smartass, Matt. No, but it's the (laughs) truth, though. They were tanking. They were tanking. They were the bottom of the payroll. What happened? This is a, sorry, Adam. This is not to get off on a too big of a tangent here. No, go ahead. This is too late. <laughs> this is what we've been telling. This is what we've been telling our fans here in Toronto because 
fans are obviously making a correlation between payroll and and success. And the Houston Astros, it was like a $22 million payroll. I believe it was 2013. It could have been 2012. Anyway, regardless, I'm talking like not even at the floor, like at the below the floor. We're talking subfloor. We're talking the basement. And within four years, they won the World Series. So there is no correlation between payroll and and um, winning a World Series because the Jays' payroll last year was 170 million bucks. It was in the top seven, and they sucked. Yeah. Right. So fans are just automatically assuming, oh, we're not signing Clay Buckles, or they're not doing this. Not doing... Yeah, but none of that makes any difference because it doesn't matter because there are teams that win the World Series with a 75 million dollar payroll. No, it's true. It's a, right? it's a good point. No, it's a, it's it's a fantastic point. I guess my my beef with this is if you go up to Charlie Montoyo. And you say, hey, we have this interest in Bud Norris. Here are the comments, as you guys mentioned. If I'm Charlie Montoya, yeah, I want to win. But then I'm looking at the list of free agents saying, I don't know, man. I think we could do a better job with maybe a Bartolo Colon or your Ronnie oh, Gallardo. Oh, baby, bring it. Adam, <laughs> I love you. I'm giving you a digital hug right now, man. I'm all about it. Matt has a, a, a serious man crush on Bartolo Colon. Can you Colon. imagine having that unit, that beauty? I mean, you know what, sexy. At, yeah, okay, guys, get over it. <laughs> but I, I do agree with your first point, Adam, and that is that, yeah, I think Bartolo Colon, if you're just looking for a veteran presence in the bullpen and a guy that could be around some of the young players. And around the ladies. And a guy, <laughs> can we mute his mic? And a guy that, that has a Latin background and can speak Spanish and communicate with both the Spanish-speaking players and the English-speaking players, to me, Bartolo Colon makes a hell of a lot more sense than Bud Norris does. I agree. Yes. I wholeheartedly agree. It is a very, very curious, curious signing. And there's got to be more to it. I think that Montoya would agree with that. And I think that, you know, given the crop of free agents that are still out there, I don't know. I can't speak for him, right? I can't say if I'm Charlie Montoya, I'm personally offended. He might not be. He might believe in in second chances. And he's certainly alluded to that. He said he wanted to have a conversation with uh, Bud before making any conclusions. But at the same time, this has the potential to rub the young players on the team the wrong way, right? They're not blind to this. It's not like this information isn't available to them. So that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried Question about, is, yeah. are, are, are the players really offended by that? Or is that something that is is more and again you live in the united states so you've got a better idea of, of what the culture is like there and i know that we as canadians are very sensitive on anything that involves racism and those kind of comments hit us hard and we get very offended by it and uh, i mean i know you guys have someone running your country who uh, oh, almost boy. encourages that so absolutely yeah you're right, right? you're so, absolutely I mean, right i i don't know if if a lot of the players really give a rat's butt about what Bud Norris said, I think their thinking is, can this guy pitch? Mm. Right. It's, but again, it's a matter of what management thinks about having him around the young players. And again, that's, that's one of the thoughts of why Marcus Stroman is a guy that they're trying to deal. And it, you know, it's not, and believe me, Marcus Stroman spends a lot of time working with the young players. He's out there. He's showing them things. And that's not the issue. I think the issue is that the management is a little bit concerned with some of the other aspects of Marcus Stroman's career and the fact that Mark, not I wouldn't say career, about his personality. Right. And the fact that he is not shy of publicly ripping 
the organization. Yep. And that he is known in many, many quarters as being a very me first type of guy. You know what, Adam, it's funny because I'm not sure how in touch you are with with Toronto, with the Toronto Twitter verse with regards to the Blue Jays. But let me tell you, man, it is, there has been a real change. There has been a real change with support when it comes to Marcus Stroman. There have been many that were avid and absolutely wholeheartedly supporters of Marcus Stroman that in the last, I would say, four months have just completely turned on this guy. But at the same time, the the people that are still with him are more supportive of him than ever. And, and you go back heels to, in, man. It's weird. Well, yeah, you go back to a couple of weeks ago when he tweeted out to Roberto Osuna and called him bro. Yeah. And yeah. that that cost him some fans and a good luck. And some of those fans really jumped on that and said, "Oh, yeah, that's it. I'm no longer your fan." But yet the people that loved him completely overlooked it and said, you know, oh, that doesn't mean that he he condones, you know, what Roberto Osuna did. So those who are loyal to a T to Marcus Stroman will look at anything that someone accuses him of doing and find a way of defending that or overlooking it. So I think he'll always have a certain amount of people that will stick with him and won't go away. But there was a time here where Marcus Stroman could could do not he owned the city. You yep. basically had he had the keys to the city, yep. and everyone loved him, despite the fact that he had the issues in the past with the uh, the drug uh, suspension that he had back when he was I think in when playing for Vancouver, and people people overlook that. All right, hold on. Question for you: yeah. 2015 Marcus Stroman or 2019 Mitch Marner? Who gets more bar play? <laughs> huh? Davis, who gets more bar play? Not touching that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm not touching that one. <laughs> I am saying 2015 Marcus Stroman gets more bar play. Okay. That guy, he was he was a warrior, man. He I will say an entire city. Okay. I will say this. Uh, my niece, who is in her 20s, is a server at a, a an establishment in downtown Toronto, okay. and uh, she has spoken on many occasions of Marcus frequenting. That oh. particular establishment. Mitch Marner doesn't come out of the house. He plays video games. And, 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 yeah, and, and many conversations that she may have had with Marcus Stroman in the past. So, yeah, it's interesting to me that you know Marcus Stroman make, makes these comments about you know the the front office, and you have Ross Atkins coming out and saying, you know, I'm really excited to have him on the team, like doing the PR thing. And that to was me, a good impersonation, by the way. You sounded a lot like <laughs> yeah, him there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said everything without saying anything. That's true. And. <laughs> To me, what that translates to is, remember when Roberto Osuna got suspended, he said, well, Roberto Osuna is our closer. And to me, it's the same thing. Like, you're not yeah. really excited. You're not really happy about this. You're, no. you're probably going to trade him. So. And, and also, he doesn't really believe that Vladimir Guerrero is not ready for the majors. <laughs> oh, good Lord. <laughs> right? Whatever, whatever, uh, whatever Ross Atkins says, you just... Yeah. Do the opposite. It's opposite. And that's world. what he thinks. It's George Cassandra. Uh, yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. Adam, that absolutely set Toronto and Canada ablaze. Oh, yeah. When yeah. Atkins came out, it was just like, this organization's a bunch of idiots. It's like, guys, <laughs> everybody just seriously. He was only kidding. Yeah. yeah. He can't say it. It's called tampering. Yes. That's what the, yeah, he can't say it. He's running right. out of things to say. So yes. he's, yeah. he's, yeah. he's saying, he oh, he's just not ready, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that's one of the big differences between him and Alex Anthopoulos. And again, as far as their abilities to build teams, both have done good things and both have done bad things. 
But Alex Anthopoulos was a lot savvier with the media. He knew what to say. He knew how to spin things in a way where he actually sounded transparent and open. Uh, the only time things started to get to him was when he wasn't giving exact details on player injuries, on how long a player would be out. And he explained that to us afterwards in saying that if I tell you that a player is going to be back in two weeks and he doesn't come back for three weeks and everybody's saying, what the hell? Yeah. So he would just say, I don't know when he's coming back. Or, you know, it could be, you know, as I don't know how long it's going to be. But if you go and you do the autopsy on exactly how Ross Atkins speaks and then compare that to how Alex Anthopoulos speaks, it's the same way. Yep. It's the exact same way. It's just that the delivery was a little bit different. There was a bit more of a quote unquote Canadian delivery. You know what I'm saying? It just it felt a little bit more. I don't know, Canadian. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Now you're speaking like a true offended Canadian. Yeah, man. man I got an inferiority <laughs> complex. You totally That's do. Completely it. Yes. It's true. I think uh, Atkins does come off uh, with a little uh, a little bit of an attitude in his in his uh, reactions to these type of things, whereas Alex Anthopoulos was pretty much straight to the point, and you sort of felt happy afterwards, even though it was yeah. uh, it's, it's yeah. bad news. But you know what? It's going to be okay. Yeah, exactly so. that. And we desperately miss him. Well, then again, I mean, when you have the the heritage and the uh, pedigree that Atkins and Shapiro have coming in from Cleveland. The Jays fans should be happy about this. These, these oh, yeah, there's have, no yes. doubt they know what they're completely. doing. Yes. Completely. As well as, you know, they, you made mention, Adam, earlier on about how maybe that they are a little bit slow on bringing the prospects up. This is the Detroit Red Wings model, man. This is this is Ken Holland. This is let them absolutely over-ripen in the minors, and then when they come up, they have literally explored every corner of the minors, and now we're up into the minors. But you see, the thing is, the only person, the only player that people are complaining about not is coming Vlad. up is Vlad. Yeah. Nobody's saying, well, why isn't Bo Bichette up? Yeah, why isn't Kevin Biggio up? Why isn't uh, Rowdy Telez going to make the team this year? No, people are talking about Vlad. Because they want Placido. And he's yes. going to be. He will be placketing. <laughs> That's not a word. If it weren't, if it weren't for this stupid clause in the CBA, yeah. and it's not Ross Atkins' fault. No, no, it's not. He's following the rules. Yes, and every team would do that. I mean, Completely. the the lovable Alex Anthopoulos did that last year with Acuna. Yes. Yes. Right. So I mean, it, it's it's just the way but it you, is. But Jay Spence don't mention that though. Because no, it's not his so. own. It's not part of our own. It's not our laundry. Right? Not so, anymore. Yes, nice exactly. Set. Yeah. Nice. So, you know what's going to happen next year when Bo, this is happening with Bo Bichette? People will be upset. You know what, though? I bet you Bo's up this year. No. Okay. Okay. I'll I take bet, you on I that. You, he's a, you know what, man? I got, listen, I got a Canadian loony <laughs> for you on that. Let's do a bet. I'm in on that one with you, too, Matt, because think, my thinking is he only, he, I don't think he got to AAA last year. He was in AA all last year. I think that I there's no there's no reason at all for him to come up unless they are so hampered by injuries. Yes. I, I personally think that, yeah, I agree with you, Adam. I think we're going to see next year the same thing that we're seeing with Vladdy now. I think Bo will come up, uh, you know, two weeks, three weeks into the season. It, it, it all depends. I mean, that is something that's reserved for the the top prospects, like the very pinnacle of prospects. Will Kevin Biggio go through the same thing? Eh, probably not. Just like Rowdy Telez didn't go through it. Rowdy right. Telez got called up last but year. Bo Bichette is not exact. He's yeah. 
That's a wonder kid there. He's, yeah, well, that's why I'm saying this is going to happen with him. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be very they're going to be very, very careful I'll how they handle the bet though. You but keep that toonie on the, the table. I'm not giving you the currency. <laughs> well, now it's a toonie. Now it's a toonie. Wait a minute. No, it was a loony at first. Oh, it was a loony. All right, all right. I'm not giving you the currency exchange either. You're, you're getting it's gonna be like seventy five cents on the dollar or whatever. It is I'll take that. it. We're, pr- we're proud of that seventy five cents. I'll, I'll tell you that. I'll take yeah. it. As long as it's in the uh it, it's still in its Canadian form. I don't want the conversion. I just I want the Canadian coin. That's All right, fine. good. I'll mail you the dollar. All right, perfect. Because you're gonna lose. You, you know you you cannot <laughs> rip a Canadian bill. No. That's true. And and here's another trick. I, I don't know if you uh, if you own a, a vinyl record player, but you can use a Canadian bill, the corner yeah. of it, as a needle on a record. Really? Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was the number one priority. Yes. <laughs> That's what Forget it was designed for. Yes. Forget yeah. everything. And, and it also has parts of the bill that you can actually see through. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's weird. Transparent. Honestly, man, it looks fake. You guys really need to work on your currency. Yeah, you know, it's rough. It's rough. Yeah. Because yeah. my thinking is if I'm in a, in a bar and it's dark and I'm hammered and I – Buy a beer. But you don't. I could. I could. Beer, though. Well, that's true. I could be easily pulling out a fifty, thinking it's a, a five yeah, because they look the yep. same. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, that's true. That's well. You know? Yeah. No, that is true. It is. Work on that, true. would you? I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. gonna. I'm gonna talk to the people. Colorful money. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm gonna get right on it. Yeah. But yeah. directly after. And I thought you guys were getting into the one dollar coins because uh, every time I've been in New York City, when you're on the subway. You get one dollar coins when you go into the one of those machines. It pops yeah, the gold the $1 ones. Coins. Yeah, yeah, but can yeah can you use them anywhere but on the subway? Can I walk into a, uh, you know, a little grocery store and give them five of those for five dollars? Would they would they accept that? Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, but oh, can yeah. you do it out of state too? Like, can I can I take those coins and go to? You know, Salem, Massachusetts, and yes. do that? Yeah. Hundred percent. Oh, you can still Could... use a two dollar bill. What really? Yes. Whatever happened to silver dollars? You remember silver dollars? <laughs> Jeez. Baseball, you can still huh? use those. Yeah. I right. haven't seen one in years. But what are they other worth? Than, are they worth a dollar? They're worth a dollar. Well, they must be. <laughs> no, but hey, silver's worth more than copper. Hey, Adam, were you aware of the fact that we have outlawed pennies? Yes. Yes. Yes, I have. No, yeah. no pennies. It's yeah. just all about rounding. That's here. smart. So, yeah, well, it's great because, yeah. you know, you, you go into Tim Hortons, you get a coffee, it's $1.56. Ha-ha. You only have to give them $1.55. That's right. That's right. Jeez. Actually, when I uh, I went up there for my bachelor party in 2015, and it was awesome because you you spend this money and you have all this change in your pocket, and you're like in America, you're just like, oh, I have maybe like 75, 80 cents. In Canada, you're like, I have like 10 bucks in my pocket. Oh, you, do. you know, that's, that's right. so true because yeah. I, I literally I was going to to Tim Hortons the other day and I wanted to grab a few things and I just grabbed some change yep. and I literally had fifteen dollars yeah, in change yeah. in my car. And it's, coffee money can buy coffee for like all week. All week. That change can buy all week. Right? Yes. All week. It's yeah, amazing. Man. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, before we wrap it up, I do <laughs> want to tell you guys something that uh, I think you'll appreciate. So I have an eighth month, eight month old daughter. And oh, congratulations! Thank you. And she's uh, she's starting to teeth, right? And so like yeah. we're trying to keep her calm, keep her comfortable. And I don't know if you're aware of this. They make these baby lullaby renditions of rock stars. I mean, rock songs. And okay. I put on the Tom Petty version and out like a light. Perfect. What? Oh yeah. What song? It's uh, the, the pretty much his greatest hits. They make lullaby versions of Tom Petty. Come on, really? Yeah, it's called, um, I, th- I want to say Rock a Bye Baby. That's who That's makes amazing. it. That's amazing. Yeah. What's your daughter's name? Brenna. Oh, so cute. That's Thank fantastic. You. Yeah. Are you guys sleeping at all? 
Oh she's yeah, really no, sleeper. she's a great sleeper. She, we put Good. her down at six, and she's down until maybe like three o'clock in the morning for a feeding, and then she's down until we wake her up. Now, is your wife breastfeeding? Yes. I, you guys want to carry on this conversation away from the show? <laughs> no, <laughs> this is legit stuff. No, you <laughs> just you're just trying to what get a vision of of no Adam's wife. I've never met Adam's wife. All I'm that's why you're trying to get a vision of this. Going don't somewhere. trust him, Adam. This don't trust don't this guy. Have a co-host, Adam, because oh, they never let you get a word in. The reason why I was asking was because she obviously has to get up, right? Because yes. if she's breastfeeding, oh, I have the useless she, nipples. And my mother breastfed me through a straw. <laughs> what? Well, she only liked me as a friend. So. so, oh my God, there's your end point right there. Adam. Perfect. That's brutal. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, I know you guys have the radio show to plug. So, honestly, anything and everything you guys want to plug where people can find you on Twitter, they probably already know. But in case yes. they don't, please, the floor is yours. Well, you've got Matt underscore NSR for you, Matt. Yep. You've got Barry Davis, Davis underscore. What is the NSR media? At NSR underscore media. You know what? It's very simple. Just visit nsrmedia.ca. It's a one-stop shop. It really is. Yeah, you can access... Uh, our Out of the Park podcast, which comes out every Sunday. Plus, uh, we put up our uh, daily radio show called The Spin, which is now Monday to Friday from 4 to 7 Eastern. And it's on a, a relatively new station on the AM. We still have AM radio here in Canada, nice. AM 960. And you can stream our show on our website, nsrmedia.ca. There's a little section where you can stream it. So, so there you go. And uh, on our show Sunday, we have a former Toronto Blue Jay who uh, is still trying to rebuild his his life, and that is Chris Colabello. And, nice. uh, of course, we haven't seen Chris in the majors since the 80-game uh, suspension he had served. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and Chris is a solid guy. He actually had a chance to Yeah, a really good guy. Super good solid guy. Yeah. All right, well, awesome. I'm looking forward to hearing that. And, Matt, Barry, thank you again for coming on. It's been a blast. Our absolute pleasure, man. Yeah, and if we went long, we're sorry. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is what we do. <laughs> yeah. A yeah. long and windy road, man. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the South of the Six podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at South of the Six and subscribe to our show. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Yeah, we're everywhere. While you're at it, if you liked what you heard, do us a solid and leave us five stars and a quick review. We appreciate it. Thanks again. Go Jays and Raptors.